is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, my host, Nick, and Dan, and gentlemen, another World Cup date. Uh, the group stage was completed. The knockouts have begun. Our two favorite teams have one has gone left, one has gone right. <laughs> we have much to break down, Nick. Uh, have you recovered from your 9 a.m. smash bash yesterday morning? Yeah, it was it was it was nice to be able to sleep in a little bit. You know, uh, for those who watch the Premier League every week, this was not a struggle to to get up for. But yeah, it was it was pretty early to have a couple of shots of Jameson, so. <laughs> I don't know if that'll be on on the radar uh, for for future early matches, but yeah, man, it was uh, you know uh, it, the World Cup is is really hard, <laughs> you know, and you play really good teams at this stage of the tournament, and you know we'll get into this later, but you know I was I'm just really grateful for you know the chance to get a hang out with my friends and watch a World Cup again, which we missed uh, the last go around. So, you know, even though we got knocked out, it was, it was still a great time and it's really uh, a good experience. And now Dan's excited that he can choose one of his many other backup teams to root for now. Backup teams, backup teams, backup. I think it's more, it's rooting for my bracket bracket to be successful at this point, not necessarily rooting for uh, another team in particular. You going to win that Millie? No, no, uh, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to win uh, Alexi's money or whoever they're partnering up as the individual that you're stealing from. If you were to win, I wouldn't wouldn't mind that. Actually, that little transaction out of Lalas's pocket into mine. But yeah, he, uh, sh- he should have to swipe a debit card for whoever wins that. Like I, I want to see the cash leave a bank account for it to work. <laughs> I'm going to uh, watch you input your pin, Lalas. Show me the money. Show me the money, Lawless. Going to drain a few ATMs with that one. Anyways, um, obviously, we're going to talk about the USA exit after falling to the Dutch. England making light work of Senegal, plus the other round of 16 results. I have a couple group stage matches, especially in the last round, that we want to talk about. But before we do all of that, and before we even say thank you to any of you, you lot for supporting us, we got a proposition for you. So if you wouldn't, wouldn't mind stepping into my office here in the back alley and, and listening to the offer of my friend Dan, an offer that's too good to refuse. I don't know if it's an, I mean, it's not a back alley type of transaction here. There's actually a website way, way for it. It's, Dan, you're from yeah. Boston. I just figured that's how you do deals. Yeah, yeah Dan. Back alley Boston. You watch, like the, you watch the town or departed way too many times. I don't know which one, but it's clearly one of the two. Are you a fucking cop, huh? Is that what you are? You're welcome. Wow. Well, we're not cops, um, but uh, we, we are hoping that you uh, enjoy you a good time. You could cop <laughs> a trip, though. You know what I'm saying? Boom! Gosh. Come on. Wow. Anyway, uh, we're going on our first group trip back to London since 2019. 2019! That's right. Uh, the year is 2023, and we are going back to London as a group with our wonderful friends at XL Tours, and hopefully uh, many of you who are listening, uh, either first time or repeat individuals on a trip. Uh, we're going back in March to see Chelsea take on Dirty Leeds, Chelsea take on Dortmund, and uh, if you so fancy it, you could also join us on the Sunday to watch the Chelsea women at Kings Meadow, or we we love to call it Queens Meadow, um, where Chelsea will play Brighton as well, Nick. So it, it's a really uh, fun experience, fun time for us because we haven't done a group trip. It's kind of been our group making some quick trips over. This is the first time we're going back with a group, and we're very, very excited. Oh, God. I mean, if we had a nickel for everyone who's emailed us or sent us a DM over the last handful of years saying like, hey, I need, bucks. 
I really want to go over and I just don't know how to get tickets. I don't know how like where to stay, you know, asking for all these recommendations. Uh, we looked at the schedule. We think that the Chelsea Leeds, Chelsea Dortmund, Chelsea women versus Brighton is the best kind of week-ish trip left in the footballing calendar outside of, you know, any sort of like cup run that the, the team goes on that would be TBD anyway. But for planning purposes, this was like the best week that we could find where we could pack the most in. We're, of course, going to be doing another live show when we're over there. We're, of course, going to get Rick Glanville to do one of his famous walking tours, Brandon. We're going to pack this thing full of value and uh, just have a blessed time with a bunch of people who want to come over and see Chelsea play. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think the best thing about partying with XL Tours is they know everything. So if you want to get tickets to a show while you're there, mm -hmm. if you want to go to a lower level team, not only can they tell you how to get those or potentially get them for you, they can tell you how to get there because as as people that are not from London, getting around can be the trickiest thing ever. So we're going to be offering $150 off, right? Nice little promo. Get in, get in early. If you use the code LONDONISBLUE150, all right, that's how you get the 150. Right now, it'll be going live till December 9th. You have this opportunity. This is going to go against your $500 deposit. Get your $500 deposit down. You get the $150 off the trip. Use that code. Limited spaces. We've taken 20-some in the past. We are taking about 30, maybe a few more after that. But like this, we're expecting it to fill up quick, especially because, again, your hotel is guaranteed. Your tickets are guaranteed. You can. It is very, very hard to get tickets, A, this late in the season, as well as for Champions League at home. So uh, don't don't wait. If you're interested, reach out to us. Uh, get the deposits down right away. It is the perfect Christmas present for people as well. So if you are looking to give gift ideas for your family, give the, have them give you money to put towards the deposit. We are very excited about this, but this is going to go quick. Yeah. And, and look, we know there are a lot of ways to get tickets. Our friends, Chelsea in America can also help facilitate tickets to do it at scale, to, to do it for like 30 or 40 people. We had to partner with someone to make it happen. We've done these trips before. XL Tours have been great hosts for us. They make sure that everyone's taken care of. They make sure that everyone has the ticket. They make sure that we're all, we're all set. And then the rest is up to us to just have fun. And so we've had whole families come over with us before we've had individuals who were just desperate to go watch a game who kind of became a part of the crew as we moved on dan it's just a great time to kind of commune with some fellow chelsea fans in london over a few pints it'll be great like we were talking about some of the dates uh one of our good friends uh, chad even was like yeah i'm gonna book for you guys because uh that's just what we do when we were trying to figure out what the best dates were to go and again Getting to play Leeds, we obviously went last time we were over, Nick, to watch Chelsea batter Leeds away. It's going to be wonderful to watch the reverse fixture, as it were, and uh, get uh, get to watch us batter Leeds at home, which would be quite, quite wonderful. And, you know, I mean, it's a fun, it's a fun team to beat up on. And Champions League night, too, which is pretty uncomparable when it uh when you think about the types of matches and events you can go to there's there was a player today for england i think his name was jude bellingham he plays for for dortmund and i think if you want to see him in the flesh scouting be, trip before scouting he scouting trip before he becomes a chelsea player right then then that could be one too but like look guys we know that this trip isn't for everybody we know that it, it you know there there are hard economic times happening out there this is our best way to put one of these together to have some fun um, we're not going to be 
uh, hurt. Our feelings won't be hurt if you don't decide to go with us. But we think it'll be great. You should try it. Do it. All right. Uh, again, head over to the links in the description on social media. Uh, you'll be able to get more information. You're going to XL Tours website, so it's not on our site, just to make sure you're not surprised uh, when you click that link. On that note, on an exciting note, it is time for the first ad break, which a certain Brandon Busby did not call for. Shame him. Shame him for not giving love to our sponsors who make the show happen. Thank you so much to our sponsors. After this, right back into it. World Cup action. If you're bored of the U.S. Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the U.K.? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With over 5,000-plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, you can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan plus one free month. We all love to binge, but look, privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk when you use our 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue you a refund. You can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link again. That's nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue to get your subscription started today. Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and, and jump in uh, to, to the episode. Um, obviously, World Cup update. We've got a lot going on. Uh, we are continuing asking people to subscribe on Patreon and podcasts and Spotify reviews as we get into the busy time of the year. It was awesome seeing a lot of people's Spotify wrapped our podcast being on there. Um, I know it was, I think, my number one podcast as well, which is always good to see that. Uh, Thanks you know, for listening. I'm, I'm keeping appreciate up with, with all our own really content. Appreciate it, appreciate it Brandon. Um, and, and then just with the holidays, Nick, we do have merch. Uh, I'm wearing the hat and our, um, you know, West London's wizard shirt. You have the the dad hat. Dan could care less, so he's not wearing anything. Yeah, but anti merch. Website, just coordinating a trip. That's all. That's website's great. been updated. Go check it out. We have a lot of great stuff on the website. Again, perfect for your Christmas list. Oh yeah, go go get a coffee mug. Drink your coffee out of that bad boy. I did that this morning. And, uh, and look, this dad hat looks very nice. I'm very pleased. All right. Again, check it out. Links in the description. We we have a sweatshirts, t-shirts, hats, hoodies, um, all of the, the core stuff, as well as the coffee mug for the early morning kickoffs. Uh, let us know what you think. If you have ideas, we'd love to hear it. But uh, we can kick it off here with the United States versus Netherlands that I believe that we will be back uh, in 2026. I believe we get a free host spot. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> just much sure like Cutter got in this one. Default. Default. It uh, can't get any worse than what Cutter did. Uh, look, this one ended 3-1. It was a lot closer than the scoreline suggested. Uh, Denzel Dumfries earning every every plaudit he received on the day with a goal yep. and two assists. Um, we saw some fight out of the team. And, uh, you know, pressure situation being down to nothing and a half coming back to two, one potential over uh, time after time to go. Even it just didn't happen. But before we get into it, Dan, uh, give us the lineup. Uh, there was one change, I think, that uh, was maybe forced via injury. 
uh, at the, the starting whistle. Well, it was Matt Turner between the sticks, uh, Des Zimmerman, Adams, Robinson, Musa McKinney, Ferreira, uh, Pulisic, Reem, and Wea. Again, this is the way that football ref likes to do it. It's in numeric order. Sorry if you like the actual formation one. Uh, and then a massive bench, but you saw uh, Gio Reyna, Aronson, Morris, Wright, and Yedlin all make it off the bench for a uh, substitute appearance. I mean, Nick, you can jump in right here. Obviously, the big one was uh, Ferreira coming in for Sargent. Uh, he did not even dress for the day, so it was kind of like for like versus Hyde Wright, which is obviously much more of a target striker. Everyone else kept their their place. We played the classic 4-3-3. Um, had a great start. Pulisic could have scored in the first three minutes. Yeah, he'll, he'll really want that one back. There's no doubt about it. I, I think everybody... Um, thought that was offside at first, but he was actually being held onside um, by Netherlands left wing back. And uh, he just hit it with his heel. Like he, he he had much more time than I think he realized and just kind of healed it. And, you know, the Netherlands have a goalkeeper of six, eight. I mean, he's, he's just fucking massive, this guy. And, and he, you know, he's a good keeper too, which is, is not bad, but um, yeah, Pulisic will want that one back. The United States started brightly. First 20 minutes was was uh, definitely more of a uh, an even match. And then, you know, I, I will say, man, uh, credit to Louis Van Hall, credit to the entire Netherlands team. They outthought and outcoached and outtacked us yesterday. And, you know, they were setting traps in midfield. They didn't need the ball to be effective. They hit three counterattacks, and those were their three goals. You know, our XG was really close to theirs, 1.7 to 1.5. But they were so clinical and they just were better organized. And I think, you know, in in those moments when you don't finish your chances, organization can sometimes keep you in games, Dan. And the Netherlands just uh, were, were tremendous yesterday. They were as as good as advertised. And I thought the U S would have a chance in this game. Um, but you know, just didn't really come to pass. The control that we were able to exert in some of the previous games was not on display in this performance for us. It felt as if we were chasing a little bit more that it was definitely open to interpretation in terms of even having more possession at this point in the Netherlands, like Netherlands were comfortable at times, like giving it up to us. I think that really shifted after they went ahead where it's like, okay, well, we've got two goals now we're heading into the second half and we'll let you come at us a little bit more and you can chase the game, Brandon, because ultimately the, the threat had died down a little bit and the Netherlands just did a great job of staying compact and limiting really good shots on target. The Netherlands uh, cruised their group. They're one of, I think, three teams on seven points. England and Morocco are the other two that were uh, undefeated in group stages. They were having a very quiet tournament, you know, not making any big splashes. They were just doing the business. Um uh, just kind of quietly and slowly. Uh, Gakpo had scored in every single game. He did not score, so if you want to take that into consideration. Um, barely had a touch in this game, by the way. Like, he barely featured at all. Yeah, I don't know if he would end up having to do a lot more defensive work, and he came off kind of early as well. But um, well, Car- Carl Carpenter, who I, I would tell you to follow, he's a, he's a great analyst out there showed how uh, Memphis and, and Gakpo were basically pressing our fullbacks the entire match, leaving the middle of the field open for their midfield to come crash. 
very interesting tactics. I, I didn't even recognize that in real time. So it's a credit to him for kind of pointing out how the Netherlands kind of set traps all over the field for us to fall into. And we fell into them regularly. Like it was a, it was a tactically naive performance against uh, Louis van Hall, who's been around the block about 18 times and knows what the hell he's doing. Like you got to just give him credit uh, for, for what they did. But Gakpo wasn't even a factor offensively. Yeah, and I think that we'll touch on that here in a second. Uh, some of the top-line stats, the U.S. actually had more possession with 56%. Uh, we had 80% pass accuracy to their 75 which actually kind of surprised me. Uh, shots on target, we were uh, 6 of 17. They were 6 of 11. So, again, pretty even as far as uh, that went. Christian scuffed a couple that kind of just rolled to the goalkeeper that, that we didn't have that luxury. Yeah. Uh, and then Turner had three saves. Uh, their goalkeeper had five saves for Noppert. Um, so anyways, kind of on on the balance a little bit. Netherlands did foul us twice as much. We only had five to their 10. Uh, we had five corners to their four. So um, I, the U.S. definitely kind of took it to them. We definitely wanted to try to make something happen, um, especially in the second half. I thought we showed well in terms of um, having the courage to go for it. And, yeah. and leaving ourselves open, you know, having, you know, pretty much putting Tim Ream in space and saying, hey, you got to play a high line, boss, figure it out. Uh, and and they were able to do that. You know, yes, did Netherlands have chances in the second half? They did, but they had, you know, they scored one out of many. And so what I would say is like the defense had to step up and play in a very open system. And they did. Obviously, we made some changes as the game went on. But uh, I mean, overall, the the courage and the gambles were there. Geo came on at halftime. Yeah, I mean, look, I I said before I said on Friday before the game, like I no predictions. I you know I wasn't feeling great about a U.S. win. You know, in this in this match by any means. My my criteria for for the match was play to win and play hard. And I you know I think the team did that yesterday. And yeah, we were outdone. Dan, I mean, we were outdone by a team who has been around the block, who is well managed and who frankly have some really good talent uh, on there. You know, I think they played their best match of the entire tournament against us by by a mile. They were just disciplined and, you know, I'm I'm just proud of the performance. I'm proud of the way the team fought. They're, they're certainly going to learn a hard lesson from this because it was tough, but uh, yeah, those were the criteria I had, and I'm, I'm really pleased with the performance. Yeah, it was interesting to hear a lot of the commentary afterward jump into the armchair analysis and trying to figure out what could have been done differently to advance beyond the side. Was it the selection of the players who made it into the squad? Maybe was it a different attackers that would have been a part of it? I think we also have to remember this is a extremely young side. And probably the thing that has me the most excited for four years from now is you're going to take some of these players in their uh, early 20s and then their mid mid 20s starting to really kind of hit the best years of their sporting career. And that midfield is going to be a really, really tough get for whomever has to play this USA side heading into the next World Cup. I think this is a really it's a, it feels like the team for the future. And that we we did the job we needed to do in this World Cup to show the world that we're ready, we're building, that we are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the next World Cup. And again, I don't even know if winning the next World Cup is the goal, but I think it's advancing to the, you know, to the next round, right? So get, yeah. get into the round of eight, 
you know, maybe pushing and come really close to, you know, the quarterfinals and like quarterfinals, semifinals, like those are the next steps that you have to get there all the time consistently. And if this is the first step in doing that, this was a really strong first step, Brandon. I think, you know, my two, I kind of put out the tweet right at the end of it, right? Um, that I just said, uh, you know, I was, I was proud of the team not having been there in eight years. You know, we missed an entire World Cup. We had the second youngest team at the at, at the tournament, you know, behind Ghana, who, you know, didn't do a whole lot. Uh, I think that with us hosting with our neighbors to the north and south in 2026, I think with a proper coach, this team can really do a lot of danger. And I'm going to be really excited because not only, Nick, did we get a generation of European players in the team right now, that's not going to go away. We're going to continue to have players come through over the next four years. Um, that uh, means that is, that is players playing in Europe. Yes, Not, yes. I, fair. Good clarification with dual citizenship, <laughs> nationalities, um, and and that's going to give us more depth. No, nothing against the players who play domestically uh, or who do not play in in Europe, but uh, we know that the best players typically play in the European leagues. As you look at Europe dominating in South America, both those teams are loaded with uh, European players. So mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm very optimistic. Again, I think that us getting out, as Dan said, is is uh, a credit to the group. And, um, you know, Elizabeth is like, oh, I'm so sorry it's over. And I was like, honestly, I I'm good. You know, no. I was like, I, I think we did enough. I got some fun games to watch. Like, I, I chalk this one up as, as a solid World Cup. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the path to progress is not a straight line most of the time, you know, like there are, there are knockbacks. You know, I watched this World Cup with my, with my buddy Drew, who we, we've been all around the country to watch the U.S. play throughout the years. We were at the Costa Rica game. We've been to multiple qualifiers and, and we've seen this team go through just a ton of change, a ton of failure, you know, a ton of disorganization. But I, you know, we we watched the 2014 World Cup together in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, and and uh, Max Bredos put out a tweet today that really made me feel good, which is in 2014 we were knocked out in the round of 16 by Belgium. Tim Howard had to make a World Cup record 16 saves. Uh, the game wasn't even close. Like Belgium were dynamic and and interesting and good, and we were just kind of holding on for dear life, and. 2018, you didn't qualify, right? So trajectory down. And then this year, back up, right? You, the team gets out of the group. They beat a tough Iran side. They play their best match of the entire tournament against England uh, on Black Friday and generally look dynamic and solid. And the defense outside of counterattacks yesterday looked really good. And all these guys were young for the most part. I mean, this is like... It's a really exciting prospect to to see, and the ceiling for this team is incredibly high. But I think I'm most proud of the players and and the personalities on this team. Tyler Adams is a phenomenal human being and a phenomenal captain for the U.S. Eunice Musa, what a story! I mean, that kid is just going to be outstanding uh, in the future. Pulisic getting off the Schneid and playing a pretty good tournament overall. And yeah. there are a lot of haters on him right now, which is odd because I think he played pretty well. Like Tim Weah, Dest, all these guys. Uh, like I am, 
I'm incredibly excited for 2026. And like all these, all these guys should just be holding their heads high. Even Burhalter acquitted himself well throughout the tournament, although was undone yesterday by a, by a better coach. But uh, this is just international football. When you reach the, you're in the last 16 of the world cup, Dan, like, these are the 16 best teams <laughs> in the world. Like it's going to be hard. Yeah. It's going to be a challenge. And you got to get to, like you said, you got to get to that round of eight. Like that's, that should be the goal. Like strongest performance for Christian too, to the point you had, obviously it didn't look a hundred percent from where he was in the earlier matches to the match against the Netherlands. And I think we know why there was a, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, had a little bit of a rough go about it. Uh, you know, uh, with the contact injury he is sustained, you know, he did have a really good opportunity. I think the his XG on that was like 0.42. <laughs> it was a, yeah. a really, really good chance and a really, really good effort to uh, keep him out from having another bit of a heroic moment there for us. But this seemingly would be what you would want him to have done to kickstart something heading into this two-thirds of the Premier League season and, that are going to be in front of us at the end of December. Well, uh, again, um, uh, a hell of a run, uh, a lot of opportunity, um, a, a good account of ourselves, I think. you know, Sometimes we can be set up to uh, be the, the immature country that doesn't really understand what's going on in these tournaments. And uh, I would say, look, our Canadian brothers fell hard. And our Mexican brothers fell as well. And so we were the only team uh, to go out from North and Central America to the knockout round. So we've got that that uh, edge on everybody, which is great. Uh, but the other team that advanced that we were watching quite closely was England. Uh, they just played about an hour ago or finished about an hour ago. And uh, they, they, again, as I mentioned, were one of three teams with seven points. They cruised their goal difference. They had the best points and goal difference out of everybody in the tournament uh, from the group stage and everyone's still losing their goddamn minds about how they're not they're good they're really good <laughs> like i don't know what else to say they're good yeah they 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 were they they struggled initially but turned on the cruise control and beat senegal three nothing but what kind of broke right before the game dan was that raheem sterling's house was broken into while his family was there so now he's headed home and doesn't know if he can return to the tournament yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, it's a really weird string of instances where this has happened to multiple players now. But there was a robbery at his home. Uh, Matt Law, a friend of the pod, tweeted that out um, and indicated that like the family is, is safe, but they may or may not have been there at the time that the incident happened. Just really unfortunate stuff. And I don't know. I in in his situation, if the things like that had happened to me, I don't think I would have stayed to play the game i think i would have gone home to see how everything's been going with my loved ones and figure out if there is an opportunity after the fact if they're okay to maybe return back but just to really there's been a not a lot of not good storylines around this world cup uh you know centrally related to qatar and those instances nick that we have gone over now multiple times in other episodes but this is just another weird thing in the backdrop of this world cup that's like just another terrible moment that you have to like reflect on and you just hope that Sterling's family is a okay. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, like it's your family. It's the most important thing in your life. Like England have eight players who can, you know, fill in while you're back home, you know, and they showed like they were all quality today. No one's going to begrudge him going home. 
Like that it is it is priority A, B, C, D, and E. Like go home, figure it out. I'm terribly sorry that this happened to them. Like it's just an awful thing to to have gone through. Uh, hopefully everyone's safe and unharmed. Um, but what a shitty situation for him. You know, it's a, it's a dream to play in an international tournament like this, and then through no fault of your own, are you going to go home and and have to take a break from the team, take a break from training, twelve hour flight. You know, so I, I just I hope he is able to come back. I, I think I think that would uh, be a really great thing for him, be a great thing for England, especially as they come up against a, a real, uh, a real tough opponent in France next round. But um, but yeah, I just hope that his family's OK, first and foremost. So sad to report, but obviously with that out of the way, back to the game, Um again, this this one started, you know, maybe a little bit slow, but. You know, it didn't take long. Uh, Jordan Henderson opening the scoring for them. Harry Kane right before the halftime whistle. Bakayo Saka in the 57th minute sealed the deal for them. Um, it, 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 the starting lineup, you know, a, a couple changes, right? A couple pivots from Gareth Southgate. Um, it seems like Kyle Walker is now going to be the right back over Trippier. Uh, John Stones and McGuire are going to be the center backs until something happens. Luke Shaw obviously left back. That is all settled. Uh, then you had Jordan Henderson coming in with Declan Rice and Bellingham in the middle and Saka Kane and Foden in, which now we realize because Sterling was not uh, uh, available for this one. I mean, Dan, pretty straightforward. Grealish coming on, Rashford coming on, Calvin Phillips coming on, Dyer coming on, Mason Mount coming on. They are deep. Um, you know, they made Senegal look pretty average at times. I know a lot of people were talking about Mendy's performance but i know matt lot tweeted about koulibaly's passing there's not a lot those guys can do when a team like england just suffocate you <laughs> it's going to be a really interesting matchup to see if they can uh stop france from their their freewheeling ways and uh basically scoring whenever they would like um but they're a good team they're set up to frustrate they're set up to make life difficult yeah, you could argue that you know there were some challenges or tackles. Uh, Kyle Walker, one where maybe it could have been a card. Maybe it should have been caution in some scenario. Should, should have been a card, yes. Should have been a card, yeah. But ultimately, they did more than they needed to to advance, and they walk away with their heads held high. I, I do think, I know you, you and I, Nick, were going back and forth on if it was positioning, if it was defense. I, I think this probably looked like a little bit of a unfortunate outing for Mendy when we kind of think about the return to Chelsea in a few weeks when you know if Kepa in Abu Dhabi as part of the the camp is kind of heading in a good positive direction I, I don't know if Mendy did a whole lot of good for his highlight reel heading into this kind of you know two-thirds of the season remaining I thought it was a, I thought it was a there were a couple of like overcommitted one way didn't get back fast enough for another. And this is where Brandon has to lean in at some point, but I know you and I were kind of back and forth on, on that, on if it was, you know, him, if it was the defense, if it was both a mix of both. Uh, it was definitely a mix of both. I mean, cool ball. He was all over the place today. Um, I don't think he did a whole lot of good for himself either outside of scoring the goal in this, in this tournament. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I understand why the narrative is that Mendy sucks right now. Like he's had a rough, calendar year but at the same point like i think you know as we were talking about like the harry kane chance right which was on a on a break one-on-one -on 
Kane has Phil Foden on the other side too that he could pass to in that in that move. Mendy comes out because he has to close down the space and like he opts to protect his near post, Brandon, instead of the far post. I don't need, I don't know if that's the right move. You tell me, but I it was hard to like begrudge him the making the the snap decision in my mind. Um, you know, I think the first one's maybe a a little bit more of a a tough one, but you know, for for me, like I, I think. I don't know if it was as bad as everyone makes it out to be, but I raised my hands like I don't know goalkeeping like you do. Well, and also just kind of depends on how they want to set up as well. But, I mean, yeah, when he has the defender kind of on his left, he's going to just try to cover his right and hope that they don't cross back, especially on Saka. He had a nice little dink as well. Uh, this is a really well-taken goal. But, um, you know, sometimes when it, it – you know, they made subs. I don't know how much – chemistry they have maybe Mendy would have liked him to do more than what he did and so he felt like he had to do a lot more there's just uh, a lot of things in international football that kind of uh, make life a little bit more challenging and, and a lot of it comes out you just don't play with each other that much you know it's not like you're with them every single day for nine months out of the year and 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 you're working on every single detail so uh, this this definitely comes into part of it um, on, on the on the England side so Raz is gone now, um, which which is terrible. Um, Mason Mount, um, I guess minutes are shrinking all of a sudden. I don't know if that's a concern to anybody. Um, not really. I mean, I, I'm I'm of the viewpoint that from from henceforth, uh, it, all all Chelsea players remain healthy in this tournament. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, I I would love for Mason to play. I would love for Mason to win a World Cup. Um, if, if that's on the cards and to score the game winning goal and to be, uh, acclaimed by roughly half of the fan base as per usual. But, um, I think the, I think my like selfish desire as a Chelsea fan to see our team start or end 2022 strong and start 2023 strong is, is now in my, uh, firmly in my sights. So, um, whatever, whatever makes that happen. That's it. All right. Easy, easy, easy. Uh, could I could I just a quick note about Senegal? Uh, they they should hold their heads high. They made it this far without their best player, which I think is just a credit to them, their system, their manager. Um, and I didn't realize their manager had been with them for seven and a half years, which is like an extraordinary amount of time and trust. Um, and, a, and he's earned every every bit of that. That team's fun. Their fans are amazing. Um, just didn't quite have the quality to get it over the line today. And, you know, if you look at, you know, three of the four round of 16 games that have been played so far, the th three of these teams that lost, the U.S., Senegal, and uh, and Poland, all had chances early, early in those games to flip the narrative, and none of them took their chances. And international football... I mean, it's been said before, we'll say it again, is all about taking the, the chance that you have and the teams that have, have advanced. So that's kind of what happens. Them's the breaks. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I think they were, them and Morocco were the only two teams out of Africa that qualified for the knockout. So again, like a lot of pride points to be had. I mean, they're the champions of Africa, a lot to hold their head up. Um, anyways, we're going to take our ad break when we get back, though. Uh, we're jumping into how it looks moving forward uh, with the other results uh, and, and kind of maybe some predictions of who might win. So thank you to sponsors. We'll be right back. All right, coming out of that one, uh, we've had a couple other matches that have been played. So Argentina and Australia was the second match after the U.S. game yesterday. Uh, Argentina winning 2-1. But again, the Socceroos, 
six points in the group stages. First time that country has ever done something of like that, Dan. Um, making life difficult for Argentina, who definitely had about as bad of a start as I could have losing to Saudi Arabia in the first match. But they seem like they've just built, built, built ever since then into being like, oh, yeah, this is World Cup. We should take this serious. And the milestone was Messi's 1,000th professional game played. What a hallmark and achievement for him. And the goal he scored was just ridiculously easy. Like it was just a wonderful kind of pattern of play and just one, two, three passing in and nothing really else you could do about it. Argentina look good. Argentina don't wilt from a game easy. They come to play. They definitely have rebounded after their first match where they got punched in the mouth a bit. And it's going to be a very, very fun match between them and the Netherlands in the next round, because I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which side has the, uh, has the advantage there. Uh, one has a very tactically uh, drilled defense uh, from Van Hall and another has Lionel Messi uh, and a supporting cast that includes, I think a couple of players in this world cup in Alvarez and uh, Fernandez who look to be, really talented individuals that are supporting him. And so it feels like Nick, it's, it's not messy having to do a lot of this alone, that there are others who are stepping up to contribute for him. And I don't know. It's looking, it looks like they could advance. I don't know, man. I, I, where Argentina struggled have, have been against really well-organized defenses and like, there's no greater exhibit A, B, or C than, than Holland right now of that. I think there's going to be very minimal space for Messi to play in in that match if I were to project forward. And it will be reliant, as you have brought up, on other components of that team performing. Right, Alvarez is a tremendous player. Uh, Enzo Fernandez looks to be quite tasty. Um you know, and their defense, I wouldn't say is the most rock solid. Still has Otamendi in it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw him the other day. I was like, oh, that guy. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the Dutch are going to give them hell, man. I think it's going to be tough for them. If they make it through that, they could do anything. But it's it's going to be a tough uh, quarterfinal match, I think, Brennan. Yeah, the other one is is France, you know, winning 3-1 against Poland. Um, Chesney probably is going to lock up goalkeeper of the tournament if it weren't decided on clean sheets uh, and actual performances. I think he saved three penalties in this tournament. <laughs> um, I thought he was going to break Howard's record of saves uh, against Argentina. I mean, he was uh, as good as you could yeah. be in a game that they that they lost. And again, you know? they needed him to do that. Otherwise, Mexico would advance on goal difference. Like his mm -hmm. saves sent them through, but again, Poland have like just been very boring. They haven't, the, the fact that they advanced was kind of like an accident. Obviously, the way it all came down with, with uh, um, the the other side of their group. But anyways, just knowing that uh, France are one of the favorites, they've had some injuries. Doesn't matter. Uh, Ali Giroud, big man up. Uh, breaking the the goal scoring record for France, overcoming. Terry Henry, he wasn't even supposed to play in this tournament. It was Benzema's tournament. I love Olivier Giroud. Everyone knows this. The, the man is now the, uh, he's he's not the overall highest scorer for France because that is a uh, a female player who has 85 goals, uh, Eugene Lesama. Uh, but 
He has the highest scoring uh, for the men's team, and he will soon be passed by Kylian Mbappe <laughs> because the man is just absurd. But, uh, I mean, it, Dan, what a tremendous milestone for Giroud. I mean, it, he just passed Thierry Henry, who I think most consider to be like on the Mount Rushmore of, of French players all time next to Zizou and, a, you know, pick a handful of others. They've all, they've had so many amazing players, but he is now his workmanlike strikerly performance is now the uh, all time leading men's goal scorer for France. Unbelievable. Especially since the last world cup, he didn't score a single goal when they won it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what is he, this? He would trade. What is this? He would trade. Just scoring again for fun. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, but I do feel like this, this French side looks really, really good. And they don't have a problem scoring. They definitely, I don't know. I feel like they play a little bit on easy mode. And that might be the question of, is, is can they be as disciplined as they need to against this, uh, this English side? And could France repeat? Could France go back to back? I, I have a, I will offer a prediction since it's not for my own team. <laughs> because I'm, I'm out of the prediction business for my own teams now, but uh, I think England are going to take them. Uh, I think England are better organized. And I think Rabio is just kind of a liability in midfield for France. And I think him up against either Bellingham or Rice or pick whoever the third midfielder is, even if it's Henderson again, I think Rabio has been erratic and uh, it would not be my choice if I, if I had to have a, a midfield for France. I mean, obviously he's, Complimented by the excellent shoe of many who we all wish were was on Chelsea, but um, I think that's where France lose it. Uh, well, it could be, it could just be a shootout, though. I mean, it could be like a 5 4 final, like it's firepower on both teams. Yeah, I mean, look, Yuri's dropped across inside the, the six yard box today. I mean, he's he's due for one, uh, as he usually is. Uh, so you could definitely say their, their defense is a, a little bit shaky. Um, with this one. So yeah, hey, look, it's England, France right now, Netherlands, Argentina. Uh, the other ones that, that will happen soon after are Japan versus Croatia. Then you've got Brazil, South Korea. Uh, and then the final one is Morocco, Spain and Portugal, Switzerland. I mean, a lot of people are hoping for the Iberian punch out with uh, Spain and Portugal seeing each other. Uh, you might get Croatia uh, versus Brazil, or again, Japan going to go out there with even less possession and win a game and continue to break their own records. There's Come a lot on, of Japan. football to be played. Come on. <laughs> Send Kovacic home healthy, please. Uh, uh, yeah. Look, I, I hope Portugal lose as, as soon as humanly possible. They're horrific to watch. I hate watching their team. Ronaldo can uh, kick rocks. Switzerland to the moon. Let's go. I we we have a couple weeks left of football, so there it is not done yet. Remember, Chelsea will not return until Boxing Day. So the day after Boxing Day, I got corrected three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Blah, football blah, blah, blah. returns Boxing Day. Chelsea come back the day after, um, and so Dan's countdown clock continues to run. But um, as we said, the the final round of group stage games were going to be thrilling. They were my favorite. Just a special shout out was that Germany Costa Rica game that who advanced changed seven times in the second half of that game. Uh, there was an alternate reality where Japan and um, Costa Rica went through over Spain and Germany. That was real for a short yeah. amount of time. 
Uh, well, huge credit to Costa Rica after just getting drummed by Spain 7-0 in the first game. They came back, won their second game over Japan, and then had Germany freaked out for quite a bit of that match. Obviously, Kai getting a couple goals to, to seal it, which was great to see for, for him and his confidence. Terrible man of the match photo after. Well, I mean, it's just brutal they make him do that. Like, <laughs> but uh, but man, the last the when when you play, it's like Super Sunday to end the season, right? The, when you play all these matches at the same time and you don't know what the result is, and so you just got to play as hard as you can for a result, that is the best football that exists on the planet. It is just fantastic. It's like March Madness Day 1, Dan, where every team's playing at the same time. You're just like, ah, there's too many inputs. It's incredible. I, again, there, there, a lot still questions with the... Um, with the <laughs> how Qatar got to host it, but in terms of the format for this World Cup in the timing and the matches actually was a big win. So I will will put my hand up on that one. I think FIFA got that part of it. Uh, They don't get a lot right. They they did get the format right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, They got empty stadiums to deal with on the broadcast. Uh, Everyone talking about that. Every single match. Turns out not a lot of people wanted to go, let alone go and hang out their little fan fests and, and fan parks and things just there's nobody around because it's it's just it, it wasn't you know the way the timing everything it didn't it didn't pan out so hopefully they take that into consideration the host nation it's not just about as much money as you have but you know the actual soccer experience but hey this is the first time a country in the middle east has gotten to host now we know right and uh hopefully we can just have uh continue to have huge tv viewership numbers to know that um, the game is growing. I, I remember Fox put out, uh, I think, after the U.S.-England game, it, it waxed all the previous records for numbers. And, um, yeah, the soccer ball is is growing in the United States. Keep on kicking. The soccer ball is growing in the United States. Keep on. It's just one big ball keep, that keep keeps on growing. <laughs> Every time you kick it, it grows a little bit. I do remember that uh, someone mentioned that there was a, a – commentator for the nfl who talked about how boring the sport was because there were ties uh today uh the washington commanders <laughs> and the new york giants tied so i don't know ties happen in the other football too how can you guys watch this bullshit in the nfl terrible <laughs> I, I i i don't so i don't know but uh it is fun it is exciting says the guy who went to the vikings game on thanksgiving <clears throat> free tickets I'm happy to go for tickets. You let me know. I my miss CJ was in town today. I didn't even put that together. I could have oh, tried to man. milk him for tickets, him but home. I didn't. So yeah, apparently the Vikings are ten and two as well. By the way, so who would have thought? Anyways, enough of that nonsense. We're gonna wrap it up. Uh, more content coming at you this week, as always. Apologies for those of you that were looking for um, um, the famous CFC on Friday. A little bit of a mistake. We're going to be dropping that this coming Friday. So if you listen to the Paul Elliott episode twice, thank you. You're a delight. We appreciate you. <laughs> uh, but back to Blue Royalty and um, and uh, the pod content this week. Per usual, uh, it's December. I can't believe that it's already December. Um, but here we are. The uh, countdown to the end of the calendar year, a.k.a. Will Spurs be the best team in 2022? The, the race is on. <laughs> Can they win a calendar <laughs> award? Oh, it'd be nice to to 
have them have some sort of plaque in their dusty trophy cabinet, you know? Yeah. And then obviously we'll be covering the, the third preseason of the, of the season as they head to Abu Dhabi, I'll be playing Aston Villa. So uh, as much as we hear about who's getting healthy, Fafana, Reese, Chili B, all those guys getting back and getting minutes, we will update you on our, on the pod. So anyways, that's it. Some youth promotees. (sighs) something man yeah phil and i are definitely talking about you know potential january so uh we'll see how shit shakes out but anyways thank you so much hope you're enjoying the world cup we are uh but we are definitely counting down the days till chelsea are back so anyways until next time chelsea fans you know what to do get the blue flag flying high